episode of Pearls Hope with Candy and Kev. Hey, Kev. Hey, what's up, baby? How are you? Hey, I'm chilling. Listen, so if you've been a frequent listener to Pearls Hope Live with Candy and Kev, then you know oftentimes we talk about the freaky aspects of Pillow Talk. You know, um, sometimes we've discussed, you know, maybe different things you want to try out. We've had a sex coach on to talk um, to everyone. But, you know, today, Kevin and I decided to take it back to the basics. So as you know, Kevin and I have been together for 25 years now. And as you can imagine, you know, After 25 years, you have to learn how to introduce some new, hey, listen, wait, pick your mind up out of the gutter. We're not talking about super kinky. Yeah, you got to be careful because I I found out through the course of us doing Pillow Talk that Mm -hmm. we got some friends that are just on a whole nother level. So on we, a whole, I mean, yeah, it scared me, but it scared me. I was like, whoa, whoa, that's not what we was talking about. You keep that nastiness to your, <laughs> you and your relationship. But so we have to make sure we make things clear. But as you can imagine, as I said, Kevin and I have been together for 25 years. And as you can imagine, you know, you can't just do when it comes to intimacy, you can't just do the same thing every time over 25 years and still keep it interesting and still keep it fresh and still keep it you know sexy for your mate yeah i've I've learned over the years you 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 have to definitely um being married so long with the same person sometimes you have to find different ways to keep the spice going because if not you will tend to become um Bored. <laughs> it was another word I was going to use. Um, complacent mm-hmm. and think, and I'm speaking from the other perspective. Complacent and thinking that your your spouse is just cool with what you do, mm-hmm. and and not you know really uh, understanding that. Wait, if I don't switch it up a little bit, he or she might get bored. Um, and a lot of times, I think people just don't realize once you come become complacent that. That that um, that actually opens the door for extramarital affairs exactly, exactly. and for wandering eyes. Exactly. So um, so we're here tonight to kind of tell you how we were able to keep it uh, fresh. And and I'll be honest with you, it, it wasn't always easy. Um, no, we learned through trial and learned, error. Yeah, we got bored and complacent. Yeah, and and <laughs> and one of the things that I learned, um, fellas, that I had to do was. Um, uh, educate myself um, and a lot of times and I always share this and this was a funny story I used to always read like men's health magazines and you know different things to kind of keep your, your stamina up and all of this other stuff and I realized um, fellas we don't know what the heck we're talking about <laughs> um, it wasn't until I happened to be standing in a supermarket line um, for a bit of a time and it was a magazine by the name of should I give him the name of the magazine oh, that's alright well, it was a woman's magazine a woman's magazine that is geared towards women um and you know um nothing provocative or anything like that it was just a regular women's everyday woman's magazine and in that magazine they had sex Sex tips tips. (laughs) and i happened to be standing there before i knew it i was letting people in line get in front of me (coughs) 
<laughs> because at the time I didn't see the value in buying the magazine because I was like, if I can read it right here, no, no point in me getting it. So, um, needless to say, I became a, a frequent subscriber to that particular <laughs> magazine because it had things in there that would tell from a woman's perspective what she wants. And that's how I began to understand simple things like um, putting the pillow under her, her, um, her, her butt area to lift and shift so the clitoris is hit a certain way. I start to learn um, a, a lot of different things, how, to, how gentle pressures and pressure points and um, uh, what is it called? I always mess this up, but what is, it's, it's a particular thing. It's like a Chinese name. It's um, so... Karma Sutra. Karma Sutra. I can't. I can't say. Mm-hmm. Um, I figured how to do it, but I can't say where the the act of just touching and you know all that particular intimacy into a relationship makes the rela- makes the sexual experience much more um, pleasant for everyone. And you know what the thing about it is, you know, if you have list, if this is your first time tuning into pillow talk with candy and kev maybe you want to go back and listen to some previous episodes but today we really want to focus on the things that can take place the type of pillow talk you can have outside of the bedroom that leads up to a good and awesome and memorable and erotic and just fantastic bedroom experience because you know Back when Kevin and I first um, got together, you kind of hear people talk about, you know, foreplay begins, you know, in the morning. Foreplay happens all day. And you kind of, as a young person, you think that's corny and you think that's, you know, you know, you have your own different thoughts about it. Or maybe if you're just not experienced in you know, or in touch with your sexuality, that just doesn't resonate with you. But through trial and error and through good times and bad times and through ups and downs in our own personal relationship, we learn that intimacy is more than just the act of sex, um, act of sex. It's yeah. more than just actually, you know, his penis being inserted in her vagina. It's more than that. That is just kind of like, You know, we want to talk today more so about the actual act of sex in the, you know, in the bedroom or wherever you want to be is actually just the payoff for what you've built up all day or all week or, you know, over the last two days. So, and and I'll I'll, um, have a a transparent moment. This might not be a a bar spark for somebody, but I, I... to be completely transparent, there was a time when my wife went through a situation where she, she had fibroid tumors, and um, we hadn't had sex for a year. Now, and in the beginning of that, I'll be quite honest with you, because I didn't understand what she was physically going through, um, I was just frustrated. So um, it, it was just I just felt like, okay, I'm being rejected because I didn't understand. But once I began to understand and began to realize she was going through, we became intimate in other ways. And I'm not just talking about oral sex or anything like that or anal or none of that because that's the first thing people will go to when you hear that you can't have intercourse. The first thing people begin to think of as intimacy is the other options. And it wasn't any it wasn't any one of those, but it was just um, we became more intimate with one another once she she had a procedure done that, you know, alleviated her of her um, issues. Um, 
when the sexual experience became that much greater because we had a, a different type of intimacy. So um, I definitely now understand how it made me really understand how it is that particular uh, scenario you talked about how the intimacy starts way before you ever get to the intercourse. Yes, because as Kevin was saying, for me, when I had uterine fibroids, they were so large and positioned in such an awkward and uncomfortable um, position in my body that the act of sexual intercourse, while pleasant for him, was excruciatingly painful for me. And as a wife and as a wife of a young husband who had these thoughts of, man, if I'm not having sexual intercourse with him, he's going to step out on me. Or, you know, am I less of a woman? Am I less attractive because I can't have sexual intercourse because it was literally too painful me painful for me to have sexual intercourse you know um it had to get to a point where while the doctors were trying to figure out options for me Kevin and I had to work on the intimate parts of our relationship and I'm gonna be honest it was kind of difficult for me although Kevin and I had been together at that point for over a decade, it was hard for me to tell him, you know, it's not that I don't want to have sex with you, but it just hurts too much. Mm-hmm. And um, it took actually Kevin listening to one of his coworkers. I thought this is kind of weird, but one of his coworkers was kind of explaining to him. Um, I forgot about that. Yeah. About the pain and the agony that she was going through um, and because she was going through the same thing that I was going through. And I hadn't found the words to say to him, Kevin, it's not that I don't want to be sexually intimate with you, but it just hurts too bad because I know that my husband has a very high sexual drive, mm-hmm. and a very high sex drive. And, um, you know, long before we got married, uh, we were very sexual, sexually compatible. And so... When you take that out of the mix, I was wondering, like, dang, well, what do we have left? You know, especially when outside of the bedroom, we were experiencing a phase where it was difficult for us to communicate, for us to talk. But, you know, up until that point, at least we got each other sexually. Mm -hmm. So then it was like, now we don't even have that. Hmm. And and, and the crazy thing is... um uh, and, and like my wife was saying, because we weren't communicating very well, um, the first thing I thought was because that, I, like she said, I had a high sex drive. But the rejection of it, I just looked at it as it being rejection, not her. And you know, all kind of thoughts began to go through your head. Um, oh, she don't want me. It's this, it's that. It's all kind of things. But once we began to communicate, and I began to get an understanding, um, and we began to share an intimacy um, that wasn't just. Uh, and of course, um, I'll never forget um, one time, and it was the weirdest thing that ever happened to me. Um, we were laying, and we were just um, caressing one another and uh, kissing and all of that. I actually came to a climax just doing that with her, and it was like the best experience. And we had not had it. no no penetration took place. Um, and for me, it was it was kind of weird because you would think um, climax comes comes in the form of penetration 
but because that didn't take place, but we were able to still experience the same um, uh, excess, ex, 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 uh, ecstasy. Ecstasy. I'm getting excited just thinking about that ecstasy. It, it took us to a whole other realm in our relationship. So um, it definitely can, can be done, Candy. I mean, and this again, we're talking about 20, 25, 23 plus, 24 plus years. Man, we've been doing it for 25 years. 25 we've been married years. for 20. We're in our 24th year of marriage, but we've been doing it for 25 it's years. It's to the place now <laughs> where I think I curved to her, 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 uh, her, uh, what is it called? I, I was going to say uterine, but um, her. My sexual organs, be Yeah, I, I, it's, it's almost like a perfect fit now that if anybody else, I don't even, I can't even say that out of my mouth. <laughs> it just wouldn't even work right. So, um, so there, I mean, what are some of the things that you think keeps the, the fire going? And so I definitely think, and again, um, it was through trial and error. Kevin and I found ourselves in a position where because of medical issues that I had, I had really, really bad uterine fibroids um, that I, um, we were in a situation for a year, we could not engage in um, sexual intercourse because it was just that painful for me. Um, And that's when after I got over feeling, you know, less than, I went through the stages of feeling, you know, that I couldn't fulfill the desires of my husband. And I felt like, you know, I knew he had a high sex drive. And now it's a real possibility that I may lose him, especially because I wasn't communicating with him because I already felt bad myself. So as you know, he has already said, he felt like it was just a matter of him rejecting me. I even remember him um, going to our pastor at the time and saying, you know, I'm trying to stay faithful to her, but we haven't had it in a year. And I remember just thinking at that time, not only can I not say this to you, I darn sure am not going to explain in front of our pastor that it's not that I don't want you. It's just that it's too painful. But, um, and let me say this, fellas, y'all understand. My my hand became my best friend, which <laughs> I'll share with you. That can be an issue later on down the line because um, it runs you into some other issues. And I'll go into that, but I didn't mean to cut you off there. Go ahead. No, it's it's fine. But um, once Kevin and I got to a point where we could communicate about it, and I, and I'm going to be honest, I don't necessarily think that in the beginning. Um, we did talk about it. It wasn't until my um, health got into a very life-threatening situation that, um, you know, we realified, we realized the magnitude of it. It, was, it had gone beyond lack, lack of sexual intercourse to, um, to the point where my uterine fibroids had gotten to the place where I could have died from other complications associated with it. But, a um, way to make me look like a jerk. This <laughs> <laughs> is a way to make me look bad. Huh? But we found other ways of being intimate. And, you know, for me, because sex was such a big part of when we first got together, we were ve- our sexual appetites were very complimentary of one another. And then, you know, it changed. And... Um, 
So other things became important for me. So as a woman, I couldn't satisfy my husband. And I'm going to be honest with you, because I had lost my sexual identity altogether oral sex wasn't even something i was remotely interested in it was almost to the sense it's like i don't even want to talk to you think i'm putting that in my mouth it was just like (laughs) that just wasn't even so So anything sexual was just not for me because my thing was um if i start with oral sex with him i'm not going to be able to finish because I, he cannot penetrate me because it's going to be painful. So I never wanted to put myself in a situation where I got him aroused because I knew that if it was going to follow up with sec, um, sexual intercourse, that it was going to be painful for me. So I tried to, at all costs, avoid it. Now, now uh, let me say this. For me, being one that wants to please his wife, I get no other, I get no more fulfillment. I mean, I get no more joy out of knowing when my wife is sexually pleased that for me that takes me to another place since my sexual peak is when i know she's pleased to to whatever um and for me not being able to see her sexually fulfilled was also um it it it, it weighed on my self-esteem it weighed on you know uh how i felt as a man it was like i'm, I'm not able to please her not understanding quite frank it causes doubt it yeah. causes you to say like for me i was thinking I know my husband's sex drive is on full tilt, and I can't give it to him, so he has to be getting it somewhere else. And then and for me, from from a man's standpoint, it's like, well, she don't want me, but maybe other people, maybe somebody else will find me appealing. And you begin to struggle. Or maybe she's getting it from somewhere exactly, else. Exactly, or that too. And so it, it begins to, to, to breed doubt, which becomes, which causes a, a silent re- a resentment towards one another that you might not necessarily say but you look at all the different signs and you, you, you just become insecure in your relationship so once we got to a point where we were able to even re and I know it sounds crazy because at this point you know we had been married for close to 20 years not quite but like somewhere in between 15 and 20 years and we had to reintroduce ourselves to the intimacy of our relationship. By this time, we had already had three children, and we had had years of, you know, which one pre-mar- of sexual <laughs> You know, it was so crazy because, quite <laughs> frankly, our oldest son was getting more sex and more booty than my husband. <laughs> yeah, like, Whoa, wait a minute, something ain't right here. I'm paying the bills. I was like, so again, that becomes frustrating and. Um, not to bring up bad memories, but I'll never forget my son said something one day, and I, it kind of like struck a chord with me. And I was like, "Wait a minute, we got to fix this. Something is wrong." I'm not even gonna say what he said, but um, it was it was a difficult situation. But but there, one of the things that I do realize is um, it's ways to overcome that. Um, so right, so um, conversation mm-hmm. was one of the things that we had to because. Um, penetration at the time was something that was too painful for me and it wasn't until at one time I'll never forget one time when 
I just, at sometimes I would give in and let him um, penetrate me sexually, but I would end up crying because I was in that much pain. And, and, and I'm not a man that wants to see his wife. Or, okay, I would bad up a situation we was in. I didn't want to see her like that. And so one time, I, I remember it was just so, so painful. The fibroids had grown towards the end before I had a procedure. Um, just to put it in perspective for you, I had two fibroids. One was the size of an NFL football, and the other was the size of a large peach or a small grapefruit. And so as you can imagine, um, these fibroids had shifted my internal organs. And then my husband wanting to you know, put his penis inside me on top of that, it was just so painful. And I just broke down and really, really cried because I was in that much pain. But I also cried because I felt like I can't please my husband sexually. So what good am I at this point? So so what I did, fellas, is I began to, once I realized what, this, what was going on, I began to educate myself, but not in a way of selfishness. Um, I began to educate myself because I was more concerned um, and this is something that, and it might be women that are listening now and are going through this. This is something that primarily hits African American women. Um, so I began to educate myself on on her condition and research and begin to find, you know, um, out different things. And once I began to research it, it made me compassionate to what she was going through. And I believe that that her seeing, her looking at me, seeing that I was interested in her overall being again i believe that the intimacy that we begin to share shifted into another place and quite frankly once i saw that he was able to see my pain and to understand no it's not that i don't want to i just physically can't that made me more willing to explore other options with him. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. One thing that was just never going down was at, no entrance in the exit zone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny because so I, mean, I would, anal sex was never yeah. an option for us. I, I never really interested in that. I, 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 I'm not even, I, I heard a, a conversation with a couple of guys the, not too long ago. And they made a comment in regards to anal sex. And mm -hmm. it was something that really freaked me out. And I didn't want to say it because it was my homies. Mm -hmm. But it, it was just something. And I was like, you know what? That's just something I'm probably not interested yeah. in. So I have to tell you that as our closeness grew, because I actually, and, and I just want to put this in perspective for you. Like Kevin and I suffered through this this experience for about six years and towards the end of that six years um and again it was kevin saying a year but it was closer to like a year and a half of us not having being able to have sex um because it was just too painful for me but once he began to understand and he showed compassion and he showed genuine compassion because in the beginning i you know I was getting frustrated. It's, it's weird because I would get frustrated because he would say, well, can't you just give me a hand job or can't you just give me a blow job or whatever? And I just 
that turned me off more than anything else. It was insensitive. It was, it, it was very insensitive. And, and I, I, I can be honest with you and say it wasn't nothing like, baby, I know you're going through, but here, I'll put this in your mouth. I mean, it, that was just, <laughs> it wasn't no intimacy there. It was just self-gratifying, self-fulfilling. It didn't show her that I was I really cared and her, about her her situation. And um, once I began to mature and begin to really understand, um, it allowed me to really um, connect with her in a place where um, we never had before, I would have to say. Right. And it's so funny because, again, no anal sex. Yeah. <laughs> but, again, I gradually began to explore my husband's body with my hands and other parts, you know, use your imagination. But, you know, when it was forced upon me, it made me uncomfortable. You know, um, I am a survivor of a um, sex, sexual molestation when I was a teenager. So when he was saying certain things to me, it brought back adverse memories. It brought back memories of my of the sexual predator who preyed upon me. However, when he got into a more intimate and compassionate space, I didn't you know, compare him to that sexual predator. I knew he was my husband. I knew he loved me and he cared for me. And he just wanted to not only be sexually gratified for himself, but figure out ways for me to still be sexually gratified, even though I had um, a medical condition. Mm -hmm. So I think it's three keys things that you have to walk away from with a, a, a situation like that. You have to educate yourself. You have to be understanding of your you have partner, to be patient. and then you have to be patient um, and and understand that patient. Um, one thing that I, I, I've I've learned over the years, and that it has brought about for me, patience has allowed me to become more. Um, it's given me more. Um, I want to. I don't want to say stamina, but it, it's allowed me to have more uh, DC. Um, mm -hmm. because um, you, you learned. Well, for some people, you know, it's so funny. I had a person stop me in the street and said, you know, I listened to your podcast and you guys kept referencing referencing DC. What does DC mean? Uh, I'll Can say you just... PC is pre, pre, premature ejaculation. It, it, it allows me to control when I'm going to um, ejaculate. So for... I'm going to say what DC means and Kevin is not going to block this out. I'm just going to say and so, D.C., for those, brace yourself, it's dick control. So, you know, as we've discussed today, there may be a um, point in your relationship for whatever reason, whether it's the woman, for me, it was uterine fibroids, but it may be the man in the relationship, and he's suffering from um, erectile dysfunction right now. Maybe he's been or, recently or, diagnosed or he's taken certain medications. Or premature ejaculation, and that comes from a, a lot of masturbation. So, fellas, you got to be careful even with masturbation because that can lead you to premature ejaculation in, in your sexual intercourse. So, um, fellas, put your hand down. <laughs> so, you know, those text messages throughout today the day just to let your loved one know your spouse know that you love them and you're thinking about them you know that candlelight dinner just that intimate time together away from everyone else i know we all have our friends that we like to hang out with and chill with but it's so very important for us to remember that you know 
alone time and intimate time is the foundation of your relationship. You can't depend on the crowd and other people being around to firm up your relationship, especially if you're experiencing health challenges or challenges that otherwise um, affect your sexual performance. Um, And just knowing that intimacy is a process that starts throughout the day. You can be intimate long before sexual penetration ever takes place. So we hope that we have helped someone today find a way to speak to your your spouse, your loved one, and let them know that you love them. See, I've been watching you for a while, smiling stuff, but I know if I can be with you for the night, alright, stay on right, baby, baby.